What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. <sighs> Yala, but well, this is the the weekend after uh, the Asian Academy Creative Awards. Yes, the AACAs. It is the weekend. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is the AACAs, and it is relevant. Why, Terence? Because we were nominated for best comedy in Asia at the AACAs, which took place on. Friday evening, right? Uh, or Thursday and Friday evenings. Yeah, yeah. Thursday, Friday, like Thursday, yeah, last yeah. Thursday, Friday. And the results were drum roll, please. We lost. <laughs> no, wrong. No, we didn't win. South didn't Korea win. won. You know, South Korea. We're all oh, winners. Okay, okay, we're all okay, national yes. winners. We yeah, just that, it's just that, that South a, Korea won exactly. best in Asia. That's all. <laughs> that was a textbook example of glass is half full versus glass is half empty. Exactly. So yeah, for yeah. context, if you if you guys were were not aware from I think the one previous podcast episode where we talked about it, we created a little show earlier this year called She's a Terrorist and I Love Her, which was an eight episode comedy series, which uh we actually made after winning a Asia White TV pilot competition, which was a fucking awesome moment for Ministry of Funny. Uh and we got nominated for Best Original Program by a streamer at last year's AACAs based just off the pilot. We lost to Delhi Crime, mm. which, I mean, it's fucking Delhi Crime. And then this year, we uh, were nominated for Best Comedy Program. We won for Singapore, and then we were up against some big wigs from around the region. Mm, mm, yeah. But and so uh, how was yeah. the... How was but the uh, I mean, for me, the most... Uh, the, the the funniest thing, just thinking back on 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 this whole thing, was that... We were sort of like you know everyone talks about oh I never I didn't prepare a speech and all that right, but you and I we were like we were like fuck it I think let's just prepare a speech because the last thing you want is like to not have anything to say when you actually if you actually win la. so we actually went ahead yeah. and started preparing a speech la. and I think we were like rehearsing like moments before like oh okay you talk this part I'll take that part end up like we didn't even use it at all la. but but oh well useless it was like the most useless that speech we ever written right. That is true. I really, yeah, I really doubt the fact when people say, oh my God, I didn't really prepare anything. Fuck that, like, okay? You either know it no, so yeah, well polite, or you polite did to prepare, prepare some speech, pointers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's only, only polite. polite to prepare a speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah because ultimately, yeah, the speech is not something you memorize word for word. It's just that when you have that sort of uh, platform, I guess, it would be nice to say something to the people who help you get there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we didn't we get just, a chance to say it. Why don't we just say it here? La, since, since, oh, we uh, do our, this is our, we do our speech now. Uh. We do our speech now. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do our speech as oh, if we yeah, as if we won it or something. La, right? That, that would make sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, there was a, <laughs> exactly, then, exactly. That's true. Okay, drum roll. Yeah. You were supposed to start. She's a terrorist and I love her. From Singapore. We rehearsed that I would walk first and then I would take the award out. Yeah. I was we had to lean in on the microphone, <laughs> then I would say, um, oh thank you very thank you very much. Um I'd like to thank our producer Jordan, the amazing cast and crew who made all of this possible. And then I'll hand over the award to you and you no, and the writers and the oh, writers. And the writers, no, the and the writers point in our uh, WhatsApp group. The writers, the writers in the writers' room as well. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't kill us. Yeah. And then I'll hand the award yeah. to you and then you say you lean in and say. No, then I then I no, then I would pause and look at it for a while and have my yeah. whole life flash to it before my eyes. Yeah. And then I would lean in and say you know, who would have ever thought that we could have made a comedy about terrorism, let alone win a freaking award? You know, so thank you so much to everyone who believed in the idea and stuck with us till the end, including our families. Thank you all so much. 
Well, it sounds damn lame. Terrence and I it sounds damn lame when blow kisses. Yeah. <laughs> As Terrence and I blow kisses into the crowd and walk off clutching our award. Yeah. But uh, in the end, <laughs> someone told us, oh, sorry. Okay, you can go and wait in the other room. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Because all this was taking place in front of green screens. Huh? There was no like stage yeah. or award or audience or anything. It was all just green screens. So... Yeah, like, it was quite uh, impersonal that way, lah. But but we wanted our speech to be so heartfelt and like you know like yeah, make people <laughs> cry. But you know, just being like this. To say it. WhatsApp, yeah, my it, God, it was just a WhatsApp message between you and me and Harish. That's it. Bullet points, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. main points, and then two points. That's it. That's it. That is it. But I mean, like uh, as much as we say that okay, it was green room and all that. Like the people behind the Asian create Asian Academy Creative Awards. They, I mean, they they pulled off something that I believe was the world's first or something like a, a international award ceremony with the hosts and presenters in all different countries. There were like seven different countries, lah. Yeah, yeah. So, right. so I mean, we'll be back there. This is not going to be the last show we create. We will be back there. Yeah. Again, and at some the, point, maybe think, when there's an audio equivalent, what? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, again, to emphasize, we won for Singapore, lah. It's not like we are losers. Mm. We only like we only <laughs> we're the only losers in the sense that we didn't get to pre- say a speech like this all yeah yeah we are winners in Singapore but losers in Asia mm. right big fish in a small pond <laughs> <laughs> yeah. next year next year <laughs> all right all right so we the the next thing we have to say is uh. uh our weekly plug but this time it is not going to be the plug for this podcast mm. because in the last episode we did mention that we are going to be launching. Uh, something special uh, and we are now it's basically a product yes we are building something that people will be able to purchase a lot of our fans have been telling us you know do merch uh, uh, like start a Patreon start a buy me a coffee we are still considering that but we also wanted to create something that really brings some sort of value to our listeners uh, and it we do think it will be a dope ass gift for a loved one come this Christmas so we will formally announce the beta test and the name in the next episode. But for now, we are looking for five, five fans, five listeners who are, uh, have someone in mind that they would have, they would they would love to give a gift to this Christmas. Mm. Uh, you can message us on Instagram. Just tell us you're interested in in our stealth project, our secret project, yeah. uh, which will be secret only for the next few days, yeah. uh, And we will pick five. Uh, and we would need a bit of time on your part to give us some feedback and iterate on the process. Mm. But yeah, I think I think to we also, are totally psyched. Yeah. yeah, to bring on two points is one is that the person that you want to give to give to doesn't need to be a fan of Yala, but to enjoy this. Uh, I mean, of yeah. course, if they are fans of Yala, but of course that's great lah. But it don't have to be. And number two, is that uh yeah it will require some time from. Uh, for the beta testing and 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 for for the product and and to get your feedback and everything lah, so so uh you know we're talking about yeah. a Christmas timeline, so we're talking about the next couple of weeks uh, right? Yeah, and it is an audio gift. That's all we can say right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for these first five users, we will we will give it to you complimentary, mm. uh, because we do want to turn it into something that we do feel people would find great value in. But yeah, mm. that's that's pretty much what we wanted to say today. So please message us on Instagram. Uh, hit us up on Reddit. I think Instagram would be the best place for now. Uh, yeah, our yeah. Instagram account, Ministry of Funny. Yep. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. And now on uh, to yeah. our topics. So th- the topics, the serious topic for the week. The first topic is is what, Terrence? Do you, do you have it in front of you? Uh, 
Yes, I do no. actually. I do, I do. I've, <laughs> you do? I've upgraded. You do, okay. I've got for once. SkillsFuture and once. upgraded and learned how to use an iPad. Um, okay, great. Basically, great. about three days yeah. ago, the United Nations Drug Agency, um, basically the, the Annual Commission on Narcotics Drugs, the UN Office on Drugs and Crimes Governing Body, uh, ha- had a vote where the member nations voted 27 to 25, with one abstention, to remove mm. cannabis and cannabis resin from Schedule 4 of the 1961 Single Convention on Narcotics Drugs, which is a global text that governs drug controls, meaning that um, they are removing uh, pot or cannabis, or pot as it's popularly known, from the list of uh, very dangerous controlled substances. Um, And... And this was uh, this has ruffled a lot of feathers in Singapore, most uh, most specifically the Ministry of Home Affairs and the Minister K Shamugam, who has says that you know Singapore is disappointed in the process in this decision, and uh, he says that he claims that uh, I quote him, uh, I put this down to the power of money. Companies see a huge mm. amount of profit and a very invidious idea that cannabis is not harmful is being pushed. Because as you know, Singapore is a very is a drug free like very uh, drug free nation that's very, very hard on um, drug trafficking and, and drug abuse. So uh, the UN mm. supposedly saying that cannabis is not as dangerous as it was before. Uh, there's fear that it might open up the doors to more people thinking that cannabis, you know, should be legalized and stuff like that. Lah. Mm. So so this was I mean this is it's quite big news because it's um it seems like there's a worldwide movement that Singapore is standing steadfastly against uh, you know so what 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 do you think yeah. about this issue when you first heard of it I mean first of all uh I mean I'm surprised that major like a, even though a small majority of the 50 plus nations actually voted to remove cannabis mm. because as much as we I mean there are countries and states in the US uh, that have legalized cannabis right mm. uh, but I always thought it was still a very small minority mm. but for 27 countries in, in the UN uh, which I assume include Canada and the US because this is a a, a drug committee that is not every UN country right mm. it is it is a, a, 50, a segment yeah it's only 53 countries I mean, first of all, I find it funny that Singapore is part of it. No, Singapore is not. I don't think Singapore is not. Oh, Singapore is not part of it. And then they don't give the they don't give the details Uh, of which countries voted what way. Oh, okay, okay. That makes things more interesting. Yeah. Shit. Okay. So, so I mean, yeah. It's it's. I I was surprised because I always thought it was a very, like it was. Yeah, it was still a small minority. This cannabis has been has been placed on the list for 59 years mm. and now it is overturned. Then before the 59 years, where was it? It was a 1961 single convention on narcotic drugs. Uh, but previously? Yeah. No, previously I think there was no, there no, was no, no huh. list. Uh, there was no list. Oh, then the list was no created list. and then I yeah, think it was part of that list. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, so so when that happened, um, I mean, I it's, nat- I, it's unavoidable that uh, Minister Shan would talk about it mm. but I'm not surprised by his reactions mm. uh, and right now I would say I'm still wrapping my head around the whole thing mm. because on one hand there's been a lot of talk on how uh, 
cannabis and all can be medically beneficial. Mm. But but I do also see Shamugam's point about how um, when companies come in and when there is money to be made, you you do have to take things with a pinch of salt. So mm. I don't know. I haven't looked at the research in detail. Have you? Yeah. Uh, no, I have not. And I mean, there's a lot of research both ways. But what, what you said is true is that I mean, you think about it, the UN is, um, you know, they are, when countries are voting on it, it's purely a political exercise. It's not like there are a bunch of doctors from every country coming together to vote or anything like that. So it's mm. purely a political exercise. Of course, they say that it was informed by the WHO's decision. But um, at the end of the day, this, this is the UN that we're talking about, a political organization. So it's a bunch of politicians voting uh, for something that uh, I mean, even if it was just to to make cannabis more uh, easily funded for R and D for medical use or something like that, I th- again, you know, uh, in the vein of COVID nineteen and the year that we're in, shouldn't we be looking to medical experts for that decision uh, and that kind of the kind of big thing? Because you know, I mean, that's why Shamugam says that it's not science or rationality driving this decision by the world body and, and, and he blames it on lobbyists and, and money, which is you know highly probable in, in, in a lot of countries like the US where lobbying is literally a job, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the thing about WHO also, okay, let's take the coronavirus pandemic. Like, at mm. some point, I forgot, but what was their stance on masks? Did they say no? Yeah, they were, not, and they were very slow to to call on, uh, to, to call it a pandemic, which, which also slowed a lot of countries' responses to the pandemic. Uh, that was a yeah. very big criticism early on. Yeah. So, fuck man, I think, like, uh, I okay, so, I mean, if anyone who listens to Joe Rogan would probably have heard many stories about how cannabis is like, uh, it's awesome, la, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and how it has a lot of medical properties. But, I guess where it gets a little confusing for me is that this feels like how it may have been when, I don't know, when smoking uh, was kind of like the a lot more acceptable in mm. the 70s mm. because there were so many research papers and all that were ultimately paid for by the companies that were was were going to benefit from smoking, right? Yeah. Because yeah. even on Mothership, right, like when I was reading the, the about it, there was this one article that talks about, uh, the title is cannabis dangerous drug or medical milestone here's what you need to know mm. which sounds like a like it'll be an objective article la. but mm. then you read through it ultimately it is sponsored by the national council against drug abuse mm. so it's one of those things that of course you read it of course they would say against it la. Mm. um and someone on uh, uh, I, I got got win uh, i got hold of the actual critical review uh, by the WHO expert committee on drug dependence that was the document, I guess, in that was used as a reference for the vote. Mm. And it's fucking detailed, man. So, I don't know. Is it is it just one of those things that maybe authorities in the countries that opposed it know that people are not going to fucking dive deep into this and they kind of control the narrative to make, to appeal to the conservatives and, you know, hammer home the fact that cannabis is bad. Whereas maybe if you read this mm. document, holy shit, it looks boring. Um, but it's, there might be something there that, the average person might not uh, read. La. Yeah. I mean, there's a bit of uh, the Streisand effect here, right? Where if the Ministry of Home Affairs didn't uh, object so openly to this decision, uh, we I don't think you and I would even be talking about it, la, right? But because it seemed like such a, oh yeah, my exactly. God, you know, the reaction was such a, 
oh, expresses disappointment at the UN's decision, which is a, it's quite a big deal when you have to send it. Apparently, like there's this whole, it's a bit like old school, a bit like um, um, a bit like the what do you call it, um, Game of Thrones kind of thing, where mm. where they send pigeons to each other, where you have to actually get the ambassador oh, yeah, to deliver a <laughs> statement to the United Nations. Uh. So it, it's quite funny like, that, that that he yeah. had to do that. But yeah, I guess he was. He was just earning his his pay, la. and 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 um, shows you that yeah, it's a damn serious topic when you have to send a dude to come and like, here's I'm gonna drop this fucking letter on you and to let you know that we're not happy with your decision. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I mean, the the thing is, okay. So for full context, um, for the longest time, I think right now cannabis is still treated on the same kind of uh benchmark as the so-called harder drugs, right? Mm. If you are caught trafficking cannabis, you get executed if it's more than, I think, 500 grams. Mm. And there have been cases of people executed for cannabis. I think the one of the more pronounced, uh, famous ones was uh, someone, a Nigerian citizen who was arrested in 2007 for possession of 2.6 kg of cannabis, which exceeded the 500 gram amount that triggers automatic presumption of trafficking. Mm. And he was executed in Singapore fucking nine years later in November 2016. So, it also feels like maybe it's one of those things that, if you think about it, if Singapore has executed a few people for uh, trafficking cannabis, right, mm. and suddenly it becomes okay, mm-hmm. it kind of looks pretty shitty of the government, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so it's one of those things that also, is it affecting, of course, I think, I can't think of any equivalent law right now where, uh, maybe some people were killed because of the law and then, oh shit, the law doesn't make sense anymore. Let's mm. update it and then technically those people wouldn't have need to, needed to be killed if it was in this time and age. Yeah. But that also comes into question. Mm. But again, yeah, I mean, remember the last session we were talking about uh, the regulatory uh, process behind approving lab-grown meat, right? And, yeah. And, and, and my worry, I, I think I expressed, you know, that my worry is that it could be a political decision or to quote to 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 quote out of context what K Shamugan says, it shouldn't be profit driven companies which decide what you buy over the counter and then say that it's for <laughs> you know for for food shortage purposes or whatever. Lah. That's what I'm that's that's my worry about it, lah, is that when politics and money get involved with with uh, decisions that, that actually affect your health and all that. Lah. You know, I I actually, I'd, I'd much rather hear from doctors and, and medical experts. Actually, huh? that's fucking funny because I think Shamugam also said there is very little research on the long term impacts of cannabis. Mm. This fucking lab grown meat also got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's almost no research. <laughs> right. huh? anything, yeah, yeah, there's almost no research at all, and yeah. yet it seems totally fine. We're the first country uh, in the world. First country in the world. Yeah, to approve first it. country in the world. To, yeah, fuck yeah, man, lab grown meat. Woo. Mm. But here's a um, uh, a plant. Uh, of course, plants can be fatal and all that. Mm. But I mean, I think there is a good amount of research. Lah. And like, uh, I think if, if people listening are wondering what uh, our stance is, I mean, for me, it should be just led by science. Lah. Um, I think when you look at it objectively, if the claim is that marijuana or cannabis has a lot of long-term effects on the mind development and all this, but then ultimately, alcohol and smoking are fucking terrible as well, right? Mm. And if Singapore could ban shisha uh, or hookah or whatever you you know it as uh, for being 
causing negative impact on health, right? Mm. Then it just feels it's not grey, it's not black and white. It is a whole bunch of fucking grey that is tainted by green. Mm. And green being money. But I think that's a US thing, right? Yeah. In Singapore, green is not doesn't refer to money, right? Our, our notes are so colourful, so it's not equivalent. No, that's true. But I'm colourblind, I'm colourblind. So true, just, true. just the moolah. Just, mm. just the moolah. Yeah. So when you read this also like, fuck, this as much as we say, oh, fake news, terrible thing, is this whole thing also, it's hard to anchor it down on anything that feels, okay, this is a single source of truth. La. Yeah. I, th- I think the, one big thing, la, like what you said, like, you know, those articles that supposedly are meant to be uh, a way to inform people, they just, right now, they just come across so much as like, propaganda. Oh, this is sponsored propaganda. by, uh, sponsored by yeah. National Council on, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, it's very hard to get through to young people when you when it's so like on the nose and it's so like oh it's it's bad for you and, and things like that and then whereas I I don't know I mean I, I think um definitely for any kind of drug abuse la, there is some there are a lot of like even social effects and things like that and and there's maybe not enough discussion on these things in in school in curriculum and and like you say like about the science of it as well as opposed to you know, because a lot of people these days, I think even on Reddit, they probably go pulling up a lot of academic research to back up what they, they say as well. So it's very easy to pull these things up and, and there needs to be a deeper, more open discussion about these these topics. And, and that's that's what I think is, is lacking now. But I think it is also kind of uh, made worse by the fact that Thailand apparently is likely to be the first country in Asia to legalize medical marijuana. Oh, really? And the second country being fucking Malaysia. Oh, really? Can you imagine? It's coming down. It just feels funny that... It just feels funny that Malaysia is like kind of like uh, shouting uh, uh, like proudly that they are one of the first to legalize marijuana when, Mm. dude, your country is like... um, You already... I mean, I think you need to illegalize uh, a lot of other things, yeah? Mm. But I think... That that's the issue, right? Because the rule in Singapore is that okay, if you consume or traffic or in possession of drugs in Singapore, you get fucked by a, a whole bunch of very strict measures. But yeah. if you are found to have consumed, uh, let's say cannabis in a country or state of a country where it is legal, and you come back to Singapore, you will be treated the exact same way as if you did consume it in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, correct. Right. Correct. So I think the the fear is that if Malaysia and Thailand are opening up. Of course, the authorities would want to enforce and double down that, yo, all these countries can do whatever the fuck they want, but we're going to treat you the same way regardless of where you consume it. So you want to go to JB on a Friday night? Sure. Mm. But then you come back, you you, you, uh, you are going to be at risk. Yeah, right? yeah, correct, correct. But actually, um, I mean, they did, did, I mean, Shamugam did bring up some examples of like, uh, I think consequences of places where cannabis has been legalized, uh, like states in the US, like Colorado, I think. He says that uh, for every $1 received in taxes from the sale of drugs, $4.50 is spent in dealing with the consequences. Uh. So, but, you know, what, 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 I mean, you and I will spend some time in the US, like, well, generally on the ground, what is the perception <laughs> of, of marijuana and, and how are people, you know, dealing with it and all that? Uh? Um, I think the perception was that yeah, it is a, it's a it it's to chill out, it's to slow down almost, mm. it's to get introspective and just not do crazy shit mm. Uh, that was what 
I ascertained from no, the ground ground. But I remember you were, when we went to LA in Venice Beach, California, and then we we even saw stores that were like just openly selling marijuana, right? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. So so it, Yeah. Uh, I'm just uh, the, the perception of it is just that it's like not something super special or what like, It's just it's just there like, right? Yeah, I mean it almost feels like uh you know, like in Singapore, people say, you know, you, you want to grab a beer or something. Mm. It almost feels like in countries like that, it is, I mean, in states like, say, LA, it is like that. It's just a recreational thing yeah. that uh, is definitely not seen on the same level as the harder drugs. Yeah, yeah, and correct. I think that's where that's where Singapore has openly kind of, I wouldn't say capitalized on, but focused on like that. Once you allow cannabis, it is a gateway drug to the harder drugs. Mm-hmm. It's basically the government equivalent of a slippery slope la, yeah, right? yeah correct correct and but I know you you're a, you love the slippery slope analogy yeah yeah I, I absolutely love it but, but, but <laughs> you I was gonna say love that, it yeah because like what you say like, it feels like it's just an alternative thing that you would do on a Friday afternoon with friends or something like that if you're bored la, right? or if you're hanging out at Venice Beach or you're bored or something um, mm. and yeah even when I was visiting um, I think a friend in like last year in Seattle and then he sometimes he'll walk past all these like you know, shops selling cannabis and all that. They ask, "Oh, do you do you ever go to these places?" And he's like, "No, you know, it's like, they they they. I mean, they're around, but it's not like it's anything special now because it's like, it's just a store. It's legalized and all these things. And and if I want to do my regular stuff like go hiking or go, you know, go hang out at the park and all that, I don't necessarily want to be high doing it. So I, I choose not to do it, lah. And uh, yeah. yeah, then I realized, yeah, it's it's no biggity for them." After even after legal, it's not like people rush there to, to the store to like you know storm it and, and use the drug or anything like that la. So so yeah, the even the yeah the psychology of it like remember how when we went to university and everyone around us was eighteen years old and then we were twenty one years old and we were the only ones who could yeah. like legally buy alcohol in the US, and it seemed like yeah. such a huge deal. But then to in our minds as Singaporeans who have been clubbing since <laughs> for two three years already, it was like. Huh? what's the big fucking deal about drinking alcohol? It's like, do you really need to want to get drink it every single night? Then you realize it's because alcohol is like banned uh, for yeah, people. F- yeah, people below 21. So from 18 to 21, it feels like you're doing being such a badass and you're doing such a naughty it's a thing. It's forbidden fruit. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And it just made it so much like more everyone attractive. had a fake ID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, re- so it's kind of the reverse effect of what you want, right? No, so so you know when you said you know Singaporeans who have been clubbing for two to three years, uh, I was not a clubber, dude. So oh. when I went to uni, right, yeah, yeah. and I was twenty one, and I had the chance to be the fucking coolest kid on the whole floor, yeah, buying yeah. alcohol for friends and becoming like you know Mister Popular, I was like, no, you know what, I don't drink. So I would do it as like a courtesy favor once in a while, yeah. and then I think in in second year I realized, holy shit, I missed such a great opportunity to. To be the the cool dude, lah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, the next three years, I made up for everything that I missed up, <laughs> uh, missed out on the past few years, lah. That means you got drunk, <laughs> la. You just drank a lot. Is it? Oh yes, oh yes. And honestly, if you talk about the long term effects of um anything, uh, uh, you consume on your mind and all that, I'm pretty sure that my brain suffered a lot from all the fucking alcohol I drank, lah. Mm. Um, of course now I don't drink as much, but. It, I mean, it's not it's not surprising. I mean, ultimately, for you to consume cannabis or anything, you have to smoke something. Mm. And of course, it's going to have long-term effects. Yeah. But it almost feels like 
the long-term effects for this have a lot more weight than the long-term effects for a lot of other things, mm. most prominently cigarettes and alcohol. Mm. But it's just that cigarettes, alcohol, even gambling to a certain extent, right? It is, you can, I'm sure for every dollar of uh, uh, economic returns that the gambling bring in, that there's probably some quantifiable measure of how much other social problems it causes, right? Mm. But those almost never come, uh, are never discussed in the same way as it, as it is for things like cannabis. La. Yeah, I mean, you never know. La. At one point, Lee Kuan Yew was completely against the idea of casinos in Singapore and all that, la, right? Mm. Then after that, it became like, can we afford not to have it, you know? Because it became <laughs> a money issue. It became a money issue, really, la, basically. Yeah. You know, it'd be fucking... I mean, can you imagine if like during one parliament or something, this almost feels like a movie, like someone just hotboxes the whole parliament house, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, hotbox is a lo- colloquialism for just... Uh, smoking up an entire enclosed space with uh with weed. Like, can you imagine <sighs> how fucking how 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 interesting Parliament would be if the whole Parliament is high on weed? <laughs> like Pritam and Shamugam will probably be hugging, and then like a Vivian and Jameis will be high fiving and talking about life and all that. How how cool would that be, man? But then again, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In places where it's legalized, there's there's like nothing cool about that, like, If they're not getting their work done, if they're yeah, not actually debating <laughs> properly. Then it's not cool as it's just annoying uh, if anything, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so so all, all we're saying okay, so in this case not to not to not to take away anything from Minister Shan because he does bring up some good points like, like mm. the fact that whenever you see this kind of like a more like something from the either the progressive left or the, the far right, they there's a lot of momentum towards something, it doesn't automatically make it right or the good thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. Because the I mean, thankfully, the drug problem in Singapore is definitely there, but there are, I mean, you also get other countries where it is a lot worse uh, who have more relaxed measures. La. So I think we have also realized over the past years, or at least I have, that certain things that maybe we thought, oh, in Singapore, it is too stringent, it's too this, but uh, for example, I don't know, like, um, I mean, the little things like uh, the even the CMIO, uh, enforced racial uh, makeup of HDB estates and all that, right? Mm. I think, I mean, it's not a clear thing for me that that's bad, no? Uh, mm. I'm kind of on the fence. Because yeah, you yeah. look at what's going on in the other parts of the world where these kind of groups and all are allowed to polarize and like get so segregated from each other that they almost feel like two different entities, right? There mm. are certain things that Singapore does that's heavy-handed, but it's arguable whether it's really that bad or there's some benefit to it. Like, and in this case, I think uh, we shouldn't also just shit on these policies saying, you know, oh, we're so backward, we don't legalize. I think we just need to be very cognizant of what we read and always question like, because there's always an agenda like, when it comes to these kind of things. Mm, correct, correct. Yeah. There's always an agenda. There's always an agenda. Yeah. Always an agenda. Uh-huh. But yeah, so, I mean, right now it's still, I guess, Singapore, nothing is going to change, like, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. because as much as the UN decides something it doesn't automatically trickle down or is implemented by the make the member states like, right? Yeah. anyway I think we're still quite far away from really travelling uh, that much right? so at least for the next six months we don't have to worry about uh, too, be, too many of our young people flying to America and smoking up <laughs> smoking up I remember the last day before Shisha got banned in Singapore mm. uh, I went to Arab Street 
and I was at a shisha bar, and literally everyone was shoulder to shoulder, Smoking. just puffing away, <laughs> like one one hour slots, and it was just fucking like a cloud, man. Yeah, you yeah, couldn't yeah. even see the people like a few tables away because it was just so so fucking full of the the shisha smoke, lah. Yeah, and the irony is, these probably Mm-mm. people probably wouldn't even have bothered to smoke shisha for the next year or so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just that there was a band coming, so they all just ended. It was ran, just a thrill, yeah. It was just a thrill. Yeah, the FOMO, man. That was literal FOMO. If there's anything we learned from the COVID nineteen, the during the circuit break and all that is, is that every time you announce a closure or something or what, there's always a sudden surge of a crowd of people just running in to go and try it one last time before it shuts down. Right? Remember the clubbing? Yeah. And like restaurants and bubble tea and all that. All these people are rushing yeah, the to NTUC, <laughs> like buying bubble tea before it shut down. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, that, it's all that over again. And then just look at it as a, on a global scale about cannabis. La. This is, what, this is yeah. where we're at. La. I mean, like, um, there are, I, th- I think the cannabis industry as a whole uh, is going to be very lucrative for investors from the US and Canada la, because mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I think it is going to get more widespread. It is going to get legalized in more countries. But how many countries can actually set up VC funds or something that invests in firms like those. Uh, I just mm. found out that Snoop Dogg has his own VC fund, you know. Mm. Snoop Dogg. Mm, mm. And he's invested a lot in, in uh, cannabis-related companies. Mm, mm, I see, I see. No, I, I know of, um, there's some like uh, criminal cases in Singapore where where some like um, people were raising money to for, from Singaporean investors to invest in a cannabis farm in the US or something like that. La. And it turned out to mm. be a complete scam. La. So 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 it feels like it's it's a bit like you know cryptocurrency and everyone at one point everyone's talking about oh invest money in cryptocurrency and all that and so just yeah. like rich people are just throwing money at cryptocurrency and then you know a few of them got burnt and all that la. some also became yeah. rich but but yeah so cannabis also is is having that wave la, I think yes yeah I mean it's it's hard to predict what things uh how things are going like I mean. Even even Bitcoin is one of those things that no one really has a handle. I know now mm. there's been a lot of it's gone another it's gone on another like a bullish run. Yeah. But but yeah, so these kind of things. I mean, when it comes to drugs in Singapore, it's always interesting. Mm. Um and it's always interesting to see how the other countries uh adapt to the changing landscape as well. Like, but COVID has definitely slowed down a whole bunch of shit. Like. Yeah. But uh speaking of COVID slowing down a bunch of shit, right? I mean, mm. I think a good segue to think about is how COVID has not slowed down the demand for a certain product, a certain kind of product in Singapore. La. And that caused a yeah. uh, huge outrage. So what happened? Uh, <laughs> you know, if someone showed me these photos, right, yeah. uh, there's no way I would think that this would be in Singapore. La. Okay. But, but, looks like we are all the same. You know, anytime mm. we shit on people in other countries for gathering for uh, seemingly meaningless endeavors. Yeah. Don't forget that four point four fingers are pointing to us because on the evening of December fourth, outside Foot Locker, which is a sneaker shop, uh, at Orchard Gateway, the Foot Lock, the the Orchard Gateway branch, there was a there was a, the release of the latest, uh, limited edition Yeezys, which is a shoe that is a collaboration between Kanye West and Adidas. Mm. Am I dead? Am I that noob? No, it's Adidas, right? Adidas, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they were going to launch it and there were 100, I think the the article says 100, but the photos look like there's so much more than 100. Mm. It's fucking insane. It, it looks like a mosh pit. Mm. 
it looks like a mosh pit and um i think the these kind of shoes they are super limited i think all the previous editions have always sold out like fucking crazy mm. and the people buying it might not be wanting to keep it for themselves like because they can flip it and make a shit ton of money like yeah yeah so right. apparently apparently now stb said they are aware of the crowds i don't know why stb is involved mm. Mm. Yeah. um but they said they will take actions uh against individuals and businesses that do not comply with the measures like up to 10000 so full locker of course said they take the issues of crowding seriously but in this case ah uh, what so yeah so i'm just mind fucking boggled uh but i know you have a lot more knowledge on yeezys and the culture around mm. yeezys so does this surprise you uh no it doesn't surprise me at all because i mean yeezys are uh, basically the history of Yeezys, lah. Okay, from a very layman TLDR version, is that uh, at one point Kanye was uh, supposedly, you know, going to produce his own line of Nike shoes and everything, and it was going to be a very you know big thing and all. But he couldn't come to terms to an, for an agreement with Nike, so he ended up jumping to Adidas, and uh, yeah, he started to you know produce uh, his own line of shoes at Adidas, and it. Became this phenomenon, lah, and 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 mind you, Kanye West is not just the crazy guy who jumped on stage to, to to score Taylor Swift, you know, back in the back in the VMAs, I don't know, ten years ago or whatever, but but he mm. also is is a, he's also seen as a, a fashion icon, like you know the people he's worked with, people who have worked very closely with him, like Virgil Abloh, all that have become the. The creative designer in Louis Vuitton, you know, for example. Mm. So he, so Kanye West himself, besides being a musician and rapper, he is also seen as a fashion and style icon. Uh. So it's it's you take all of that, the music, the music fans, the fashion fans, the designer fans, all that, and then you the fact that you know he's working with Adidas, which is like, uh, I mean, a huge huge brand, right? And and mm. and. It, you can tell why it's so popular, lah. You know, Kanye really has a lot of huge. Uh, he's a huge fan base, and and Adidas has a huge fan base. And every time these his shoes get released, they're always, uh, no matter how they look, lah, even though some I, I think the designs are them stupid sometimes, but they they just sell out like mad, lah. So yeah, I'm not surprised at all, lah. It's not like, and that's the amazing thing is that you think about it. These are not like Air Jordans or something like that. You know, these are shoes that have been created by. By someone in the last like you know ten years or something like that, who has become popular in the last ten years and then so so we're talking about quite a meteoric rise to to the top of the the sneaker the sneaker what do you call it uh, um the sneaker hits wish list lah so so, yeah. so it's it's quite a big deal lah yeah so um I mean the thing is from what I can see from uh, from the Adidas the official f- post on their Facebook uh, I think they had. Uh, competition mm. to it was basically a raffle uh, for mm. people to get a chance at buying one of a hundred pairs, mm. right? Mm. So they had a, a competition. They announced the the winners privately via their emails, and they invited all of them. Basically, what they on their Facebook page is they said, Cong- "Congratulations to all winning entrants. You may head down to Adidas Original Specific Plaza to make your purchase on 5th and 6th December 2020 between 11 p.m. and 8 p.m. Please refer to your emails for details. Mm. So we I mean we don't have the emails but uh I mean there's um there's nothing that really highlights or put 
puts a lot of emphasis on the fact that guys, you guys come down, please make yourself socially distant, mm. which is why I think STB is kind of taking them to charge lah, because it feels like this is a pre-COVID kind of uh, execution lah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it feels like yeah, like uh, I don't know. In in some sense, okay. So this is the question like how. The biz- are the, should the businesses be responsible for how their winning entrants behave? Mm, I think in Foot Locker's case, they... I mean, unless they're really dense and they don't know their own market, they should know that, you know, these kind of sneakers de- like de- get this kind of attention. And if you just leave it open out there for telling people that there's a chance that they can get it at our Foot Locker store, definitely there'll be crowds. Uh, people will come in and crowd uh. This is this is not like this is, we we sneakers have have in the last five years have exploded la. It's no longer like what it was like you know twenty years ago or what already where you could, I mean the, there wouldn't be lines like this. But now it's like, you know, think about sneaker release is like a new iPhone release already now basically. That's the yeah. kind of crowds that we that you have to deal with. And then I think it's it's been it's very clear that if your business is gonna have this kind of crowd. You need to put in put in place some things to to control it, I think I think like their their statement basically said yeah they are continuing to enforce restrictions of the maximum occupancy for for all their stores according to the guidelines. But fuck man, if you look at the photos right, it looks it looks ridiculous man. I don't know how that's just a hundred people. Either there's the the reporter can't count or they are using a very interesting angle to capture a hundred people. Uh, in a way that makes it seem like there's a fuckload of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I I know the whole Yeezy culture is huge. I know sneakers are now considered like almost an alternative asset class. Mm. There's a trading platform for sneakers where you can track the price of any given collectible sneaker, which is is pretty awesome. Like it's it's it's, a, it's very interesting. But holy shit, man! Like uh, you know, you you always see these videos of people abroad and people are saying, oh, you know, how can they? They gather in masses to to welcome this uh, leader who's coming back from another country, or how can they gather en masse to do this, to do that? Oh, they're fucking idiots! But you look at this, holy shit, man! It's it's hard to argue against this, lah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I think uh, even me myself personally, I've also been a bit turned off by by sneaker culture and and, and all that. I mean, I I love the idea of like collecting sneakers that your you know your idols created or or even wore you know on basketball courts in the NBA years ago and all that but but now it's all about reselling I think we talked about it right you remember the, the, yeah, the reseller yeah, correct, correct. it's all about reselling it's about yeah. things like this where the launches are so limited and, and purposely timed to be so um, you know so exclusive that you have to engage in ridiculous things like that. I mean ultimately it's just a pair of shoes like, right it's like there's whether they're Yeezys or whether they are like Crocs, they all they also just sit between you and the earth, right? They all just pair that, of shoes. That feels, dude. That feels like something I would say, and then you shit on. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm totally belittling the sneaker culture or whatever shit. Like, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you have matured, Terence. Yeah, thank you. Thank I'm glad you, you have matured. Yeah. No, I think it was important. It was important to to venture towards the dark side. Then you know. The you are you know the temptations <laughs> the 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 power of the dark side and then you come back out the and then you realize man. like okay there are certain things I like about it but also there are other things that need to be controlled so I mean unlike you, me like who ha- yeah. who has been enlightened from the start yeah like, who 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 sits on this ivory tower and then doesn't actually. <laughs> 
go down to the depths <laughs> unless your girlfriend drags you to go and eat at restaurants and then you're like, oh, or Joe you, Rogan tells me too. Oh, yeah, Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan tells, tells you, me too. I want your man crushes. Or, or your girlfriend drags you and then you're like, oh, actually now cooking is my thing, you know, and cooking is so interesting. <laughs> cool, I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea that there was so much skill involved in cooking. Like last time I just eat <laughs> eat food as fuel. Now it's just like I, I cook and I enjoy the process. Like I mean, come on, people have been cooking for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years already. And but yeah, yeah people also have been riding on horses for thousands and thousands of years, but they still take cars now, right? Yeah, yeah but once you, in a while you get on a horse and you realize, oh shit, that's awesome, lah. Yeah, yeah, So that's why I said. Speaking yeah. of which, speaking of which, I know this is digression, mm. but now some of my personal friends have been confronting me about my pronunciation of the omelet. Oh, and you know what? I'm gonna fucking stick to it. It's an oh, omelet. Yeah. And someone thankfully messaged uh, us on Instagram yeah. uh, and said omelet is apparently the pronunciation in the US. So technically, I'm not wrong. All right, I'm not wrong. So it's who, still who gonna said be omelet. Pronunciation in the US though. Uh, someone messaged us on I've Instagram never, I've I lived in the US six years or so. I never heard of it pronounced omelet. Hey, hey, don't don't give me this this shit. Oh, just because I lived there, I never hear anything means it's not yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. Fuck right? off, lah. Okay. You one person no, no, message you on Instagram, nonsense. then you use that as evidence against. <laughs> Everyone trying to knock Nonsense. sense into you. So right now, there's that person, there's my mom, there's my brother, and members of my extended family, all of whom uh, have been enjoying omelets since we were born, okay? So I'm going to stick to omelets. And you know, okay, uh-huh. so one of my friends, when I told him about this, he said, oh, the first thing that came to his mind when I said omelet was a small arm, which yeah. I thought was just a, a, a funny funny thing, that a funny thought that he I had. Like. Jungle but Jimbo he's, he's, all that also said, it reminds me of the, you know, the Wonder Woman, the stuff that she wears on her wrists. Those the are amulet. called omelets. Omelets. Omelets also. The armlets. Those are really called omelets. Yeah, yeah. Omelets. Yeah. Because they're yeah, not, Maybe they're made from eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're made from eggs. Yeah, yeah, of course. Omelet. So, yeah. Oh, shit. Omelet is really a band or bracelet worn around the upper part of a person's exactly, arm. Exactly, exactly. So, oh, you can continue. Shit. You can continue confusing that pronunciation. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> as long as we know, as long as we, you, you are aware that you are confusing two, two words entirely. La. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, what I, was I, I but yeah, I, yeah, I was saying, I yeah, correct, right. you, need to, yeah, correct. you need to go to the dark side and understand. Then you come okay. back and then you're like, okay, I know what's, I know what's, what's good and what's bad. Yeah. No, but the, the interesting thing is that these pictures, right, were actually posted uh, not by just a random member of the public. They were posted by Soul Superior SG, which oh, yeah, I just yeah. found out. Uh, and they are apparently Singapore's premier sneaker and streetwear convention since 2013. Mm. And their post, uh, I mean, like they have 17,800 followers, so they are obviously uh, sneaker sneaker connoisseurs and they have people who like what they do. Mm. Uh, and I guess an authority to a certain extent, mm. like, uh, in, at least in Singapore. And they posted kind of pleading Foot, foot Locker Singapore to to move towards a contactless system for hyped releases. So yeah. I appreciate that they were pointing out that, okay, uh, yeah, you know, uh, they love Foot Locker, Foot Locker as a retailer, uh, but we they also need to keep in mind the general community. La. So shout out to Soul Superior SG, guys. Yeah, and I also want to point out that I think, uh, you know, like sneakers, uh, especially in a place like Singapore, when you see a crowd like this, uh, there is a very, very, very high chance that a lot of people in the crowd are not even Singaporeans. That means there might have been people who, for some reason or another, have been able to travel to Singapore or enter Singapore in the last couple of months. Uh. Um, mm. I, and I know that because I, what I've heard is that 
uh, a lot of people in other countries like Thailand or Indonesia, sometimes they don't dare to buy sneakers from from their own country because they they know that there's a high chance there's actually a high chance that it might be fake la. So so what I hear that that's that's the attraction of coming to Singapore to shop la, where they know that they, mm. they know hundred percent for sure that their stuff is the real stuff. It's not the fake one. And and you know when you buy it here when you buy it in Singapore, you're guaranteed the that it's original la. So so there's mm. a I think there's a lot of people who also come to Singapore to buy these sneaker products. So I'm not not saying that for all foreigners have COVID lah, but but more likely than not, a lot of our cases now are imported. So you got to be careful about yeah. that as well lah. Yeah. So I mean I'm I would be love to know what um the sneaker reseller that was uh, that we spoke about in the previous episode uh whether or not he got them Yeezys. Uh. He probably got like. 10 of them online already. Right? Because of his bots, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Because of his bots. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, but if anyone if anyone listening was actually at that crowd at that moment uh, and who feels we are totally missing something, uh, mm. missing some magic uh, that, that uh, we are not privy to because we are not that in love with the Yeezys, please do let us know. Mm. I would love to just understand what what the what the obsession is. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And cool. now on to the one shock thing. One shock thing. So what is your one shock thing, Terence? Uh, I was planning it to be about something, but I can't remember. I, I correct me if if I have said it before, lah. But uh, it was actually uh Royston Tan's uh, interactive film. Hi, have I talked about it before? Is my one shock thing? I have. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, because um, I think Royston Tan, the director, you know, the 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 very renowned director from Singapore who did 15 and, and uh, 881 and other shows like that, he won yeah. an Asian Academy Creative Award that, that same evening as us uh, for his interactive short yeah. film, High. So it's actually it's actually very related to what we're discussing. So it's actually a, it was actually paid for oh. by, I, I think, the, the Central Narcotics Bureau or whatever. But basically, it's an interactive yeah. film about a uh, about a guy who chooses to, you know, take drugs one evening, uh, and how that affects him. So you actually can make the choices for him in this in this short film. It's a bit like Bandersnatch. Remember Bandersnatch on Netflix? It's a choose your own adventure. You can choose whether you want to take the drug or not. So he yeah. made this. I think uh, it was paid for by by the National Council Against Drug Abuse in Singapore. Um, uh, yeah, like, although it, it was essentially propaganda against drug use and all that, but uh, it was very done very well and it won the it won an award at, at the AACA. So I think I, I, I got to personally congratulate congratulate Royston Tan on his way to the toilet. You know, they kind of like you pass by each other in the toilet and then you say, hey, congrats, that kind of thing. <laughs> la. So... <laughs> I just want to do a shout out and and you know to tell more people to go and check out the check out the shot. I think you should be able there's the website should still be there la. So you just Google Royston yeah, yeah, Tan I'm sure, I'm sure. High interactive movie or whatever. It should come up and uh yeah, it's interesting. And it stars like Ben King's uh fiance, you know, the Naomi. Naomi Yo, yeah. is it? Yeah, Naomi Yo. And also there's some familiar faces you'll see inside it. La. So as you mean like as you were practicing your award speech, Royston Tan Entered the toilet, you congratulated him, he left, and then you yeah. carried on practicing your speech. 
No, 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 I practice finish already. I was just like doing up my hair to make sure that I look good on stage. When I oh, I see, award, I see, I see, I see. Then I walked past Royston. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, hey, you know, yeah, we're, we're all going to, I'm also going to collect my award later. <laughs> that, kind of, <laughs> that kind of smile. <laughs> yeah. See you at the after party. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, uh, my shock thing. See, Terrence, you okay or not? Yeah, you yeah, coughing, yeah. coughing, oh. Yeah, yeah. Watch your health, bro. Get, like, just... you drinking water and having vitamin C or not? No, I'm having a beer right now, actually. That's oh, fuck, <laughs> la, I tell you. This. <laughs> Do you not know it's a gateway substance? We're talking huh? about Soon. marijuana, or, but alcohol is just like... Fucking having beer. Us, yeah. Basket. So, my one show thing is that uh, I just chanced upon what I believe to be the first time The Onion has made an article about Singapore. Oh, really? Yeah, the title is... So, I mean, The Onion, I guess it is not in the zeitgeist of pop culture as now as much as it used to be, but mm. it was one of the first few, I think, sat- satirical uh, websites that uh, came out of the US. And basically, they're like a regular news website, except every article is a ridiculous headliner. Mm. Um, and I, uh, when the New Nation in Singapore came up, it was like Singapore's version of The Onion. Mm. Uh and they have crazy titles like um, Baboon Couple Sues National Geographic for Distributing Private Sex Tape. Mm. Uh, and everything you read, it's fucking hilarious. Yep. So the title for Singapore was related to what we discussed in our last episode, which was episode 110 uh, about Singapore being the first country to approve lab-grown chicken. Mm. Uh, <laughs> this title is Singapore Approves First Lab-Grilled Chicken. So I would say it is not one of their, their top articles or top mm, titles mm. but it just feels like oh shit uh, the onion's talking about us man the so, onion so I mean I just thought it's cool lah fuck well, cause the white man the white man writes about writes about Singapore and hey, then suddenly it's like, uh, big no <laughs> one of the most prominent head writers of the onion was an African American thank you very much but the, this writer right. is who America this writer is who this writer is, it is, is that guy, the exact same guy. Oh, no name, no name, no name, oh, no, no name. name. Oh. So you can't shit on it. You can't shit on it. Yeah, you can't shit on it, man. The US is a country of more than just white people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was interesting that now slowly we are seeping into uh uh entertainment culture outside of Singapore, la. Mm. Um, I still haven't read that one thing you told me about last week called uh, what Hallyu movement. Mm. Hallyu? H-L-L-Y-U? H-A-L-L-Y-U, uh, yeah. H-A-L-L-Y-U. I, I have not yet ever elevated it to the status of one shock thing. Mm. Uh, but maybe when I read it, I will. Uh, basically, it is the phenomenon uh, of how Korea, South Korea very strategically exported their soft culture over the past 20, 25 years, which has had a huge, huge impact on why fucking Korean pop culture is dominating the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Singapore is slowly getting there. Yeah, but slowly. Like, but this one is through our biotech industries, la. Then we get lampooned about it, la, Right? Through our what? I mean, our food tech industry. I mean, in some way, in some way, uh, I believe, uh, Kazakhstan has been a lot more open to the mm-hmm. Borat yeah. sequel. Actually, that's a great example. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, because yeah. they realize, yeah, I think they realize they couldn't fight the wave anymore, yeah. la, Right. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about it, more people know about Kazakhstan than ever before. Yeah. Uh, and I think generally people know that it is a beautiful country and they know that 
uh, Borat is a fucking caricature lah. Yeah. And the the first the when the first movie was released, they had like full page uh, ads in the American newspapers, kind of saying you know Kazakhstan is not like this and all that blah blah blah, <laughs> and trying to fight. But then now they have. I think very you nice. just realized like, fuck, yeah, man. I think very nice. Is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Yeah. yeah. If you can't, if so you can't Singapore, beat it, fight it. Nah. If you can't beat it, fight yeah, it. Yeah, Singapore. Singapore can be the Kazakhstan or Southeast Asia, man. Sorry, I mean, what, what I meant was if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, yeah. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, this is, you can't beat them, fight it. See, there's a beer, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the fucking beer. I, so I, I, like promise, I promise I'm not, I'm not smoking cannabis or anything like that. Joe, Joe Rogan and Elon Musk smoke up when they do their podcast. Yeah. Uh, we drink, uh, you drink beer and I'm drinking soda water. Yeah, that's right. Soda water is fucking awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Screw all that fancy, fancy, schmancy, uh, sparkling water, Perrier bullshit. Yeah. Tell you, FNN soda water is the bomb. Yeah. But, uh, the bomb. Well, yeah, interesting, interesting. The onion, right thing about Singapore. Hopefully. Yeah, fuck you lah. The the lack of sincerity in that in that last statement, right? Uh, yeah. Dude, come on, man. Don't even try lah. Okay, if you don't <laughs> if you don't feel it, no need to fake it. Okay, don't give me this this pity compliments. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I know, I know you 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 usually you're in charge of all the links and all that. So definitely, you are very prominently put that link, <laughs> the onion, and then in big caps and everything. So everyone on the subreddit will click through to it lah. Don't worry. There'll be, yeah, there'll then be yours will be like be extra small font. Yeah, yeah. I won't even hyperlink. I won't even hyperlink your, <laughs> You'll be like, Oops, your title. Like, hyperlink. Like, oh, sorry. You just Google yourself. Uh. Just Google. Yeah. Basket, please. When, as Michelle Obama says, when they go low, you go high. Wow, that's such an app Ooh, way to shit. enter this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. I didn't even plan that. Oh, my uh, God. God damn, that's genius. That is your one shock thing. That should be your one shock thing. That is my, yeah, that, yeah. That is, that is your one shock thing, being able to enjoy it. <laughs> at the end of this podcast yeah fuck yeah man alright cool uh, but a reminder that is all again, for today yeah, yeah we were looking for five beta testers for the awesome awesome product that we're coming up with so yeah, yeah. get us out on Instagram it will be it will be a fucking dope gift for your loved one la. that's all we can say yeah that's all we can say so Instagram hit us up at Ministry of Funny hit us up on Facebook Reddit wherever just get our fucking attention man yep alright cool alright Peace.